Welcome to Basket Talks new episode. This is Mirdemir Demirar from Basket Talks. In this episode, we are with Eddie Walters. Hi, coach. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great too. Thank you for asking. And actually, how's your life going? Is everything great? I think you are very busy these days. I'm not as busy as I am during the season. It's definitely a nice change of pace during the summertime. Uh, we just got done working out with some of our players, and so now I'm kind of working on some off-season projects. But excited to do the podcast with you today. Yeah, thank you. I- I'm very excited too because I think we were talking about it around months, and finally we are here to talk and. Thank you for coming again. I just want to start with your basketball career, your basketball history. Can you recall when and where you first developed an interest in basketball? So my dad was started out as a player and then became a coach. Right when I was born, my dad was in the midst of his playing career. He played seven years in the NBA, played a little bit overseas, and then transferred into coaching first at the community college level, and then into college and now into the NBA. So kind of for as long as I could remember, I've been around basketball. I've moved. 25 times all due to my dad's jobs. I got super close to my family, but family and basketball really just walked hand in hand. It's always been something that I could rely on no matter where I lived. So, it's kind of just a game I grew up loving. Yeah, yeah, you you born with basketball. It's like a package for you, basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's really great. So, like as you said, as someone who has networked extensively across the NBA, can you recount your journey like how did you manage to get your foot into the door at Summer League? Like moreover, can you expand on your decisions to become a coach what inspired this choice and how did you navigate through this transition I kind of always knew that I wanted to be a coach not just because of my dad but I knew there was a certain ceiling to my playing career like working hard was only going to get me so far and my true goal as a player was to play division 1 basketball so once I had gotten there of course I wanted to have a good college career but in the back of my mind I wasn't only thinking about my playing experience but I was always kind of thinking to team oriented and thinking about the team success just knowing okay if i start developing my coaching mind now in college as a player it'll just help me that much more down the line i was always asking my dad for advice what should i be doing towards the end of my playing career in college i took a sports business class taught by Stan Van Gundy who's a great NBA coach and now an NBA analyst and his biggest advice to me was start networking as early as possible i had one more year left of college playing basketball and he told me I need to start networking right away so that I'm not okay, I need a job. Who am I going to call? I need to have people to call. I need to have people I could ask for advice. I thought, all right, let me go to Summer League and try to start networking. I wasn't working. I wasn't doing anything. I was still working out trying to get ready for my last season, but went out there for those 10 days and tried to meet as many people as possible and from there was able to keep those connections my last year of playing and then also use the advice I got to kind of put me ahead so that when I am looking for a job I was ready to go and kind of the biggest point of advice I got from everyone I met at Summer League was to learn the sports code software which is what every team uses in the NBA um and they use that to scout use that to teach players kind of everything across the board we all use sports code so going into my last year of playing I interned with our men's team who used sports code and learned that software and then continued those same kind of networking relationships yeah actually 
uh, you grow step by step, we can say. You played in college and you are current assistant coach for Minnesota Timberwolves. So with experiencing <laughs> both men's and women's basketball, from your professional standpoint, can you articulate the key differences between these two sides of the sport? Yeah, so I think with uh, women's basketball players, you're always kind of trying to bring them up. With men's basketball players, they come in super confident, kind of thinking they know it all. So it's sometimes a little bit more difficult to coach them just because they think they know it all. But with women, they're ready to listen right off the bat. Um, women are just a little bit more naturally compliant, more receptive to coaching. Your job as a coach with women is to kind of bring them up, give them confidence and kind of lead them into a place where they're playing their best basketball, where with men, they're super confident they're ready to go. They think they're going to make every shot, but you want to dial them in more to focus on the game plan and more attention to detail and have them be just a little bit less stubborn. Like they're always ready to go. And I would also say that the men's game is just a lot more faster than the women's game. With women, like there's a lot more action, multiple actions, longer sets, a little bit more technical, whereas you can't rely on the strength and the athleticism and speed of the men's game, where it only takes maybe one action to get them open or one pick and roll for them to have a lead towards the basket to score. But with women, you're not gonna have all that athleticism and it's not gonna be as fast. So it's gonna be a little bit longer possessions. You're gonna have to break things down a little bit more. It's just more technical. Yeah. So you talked about data point system, right? As a coach, you, of course, really on certain metrics and data points to assess basketball performance. And what, in your view, are the most crucial metrics and how do you ensure that your coaching staff is capable of using this data to improve player performance and team strategies effectively? So I think analytics has become such a big part of the NBA. You see all 30 teams now having an analytics department. As a coaching staff, we're always getting thrown a million different numbers with regards to player performance, team performance, kind of what other opponents are doing. And sometimes it's difficult to navigate. For me, I think the biggest tool that our team uses and that our coaching staff uses would be a team rankings report. So that's more focused on us game by game. How are we doing based off efficiency, based off frequency compared to the rest of the league. So we get a report every game. We have it on the rest of the teams and you're always able to compare how you're doing compared to the rest of the league. How many times are you getting into pick and roll? How many times are we getting into transition? How are we efficient in those possessions? So I think it's a great tool, not only for us to see how we're doing, but also when we're scouting opponents, our scout coaches will always look at these reports with regard to other teams and see, all right, they run zone 30 possessions a game, Miami Heat. So we know that we're going to have to play against zone. So we got to prepare for that or Denver Nuggets they get into the post 50 times a game so we know we got a guard post action it's kind of a little cheat sheet to see all right what are we really good at what do we need to get better and then also with other teams what are they really good at and what are we going to need to prepare for that would kind of be the main thing that we use did you watch the EuroLeague final uh, I did not watch the EuroLeague final Oh, Sorry, okay. I'm, I'm dialed in on the NBA finals right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, have seen, I have seen some clips of some clips of like kind of the best ATOs throughout the playoffs. I'm seeing a lot, a lot of that on Twitter. Ah, yeah, mm -hmm. clips are all over the social media. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's normal uh, on your end because you are in NBA in Euroleague final. It's kind of the same situation with yours. They know what the against team gonna do. Real Madrid know, but uh, did you watch Ted Lasso? It's kind of mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, Ted Lasso have a 
great, uh, not great, strange strategy for football, right? It's like a, mm-hmm. his, uh, his strategy is setting the players like a soccer, American football. Like it's mm-hmm. really confused the other team. So Real Madrid do this thing, but a little bit different. And mm-hmm. uh, they just shocked the other team and offense and uh, they just won the championship. It's really good to watch and fun to watch. I think you are following European and NBA basketball, like more NBA basketball, but European basketball too. Mm-hmm. And my majority of followers in based in Europe. And I want mm-hmm. to ask you, how would you characterize in differences between European basketball systems to the NBA from your perspective? I would say from the jump, European versus NBA style basketball is in the European leagues, it's a lot more team oriented, whereas in the NBA, it's a lot more player oriented. And I think that even dates back to how our youth basketball is organized. You know, with AAU, it's always play, 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 play. In Europe, I would say it's a lot more teach, 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 you know, break down concepts, break down skills, you know, a lot more development, whereas it's a lot more just playing here and I think when you do that and you don't break it down to smaller concepts it becomes just kind of sporadic and everyone kind of focused on themselves whereas when you look at teams and how everyone's playing in Europe everyone's touching the ball everyone's getting involved there's multiple actions whereas sometimes in the NBA is a lot of dribbling at the top there's a lot of iso basketball you could see that in AAU as well so I would just say the major difference is it's just a lot more team oriented over in Europe whereas in NBA the players it's kind of whatever they want to do they're gonna do it's guys taking it upon themselves instead of getting everyone involved probably not at the best levels like in the finals now we're seeing denver and miami two teams that are great at sharing the ball and and that's kind of why they're in the finals compared to other teams who you know aren't playing more as a team compared to others yeah i agree with you i think the european basketball coach and nba basketball coach a system they got really great friendship relationship because some nba coach still some European coach sets and some mm-hmm. European coach still some NBA coach sets. They have great relationship. And yes. I think some guys, some players, good players always asking this question. I'm really curious about that. And I think the listeners are curious about that because my question is, if a talented young player from another country aspires to join the Minnesota Timberwolves, what steps do you recommend they take? And is there any specific pathway or sets Uh, or criteria they should be uh, aware of. Yeah, I think the most direct way to try to aspire to be in the NBA or on the Minnesota Timberwolves is getting drafted would probably be the most direct way. For young players in other countries, I think trying to play on your national team would be a great way to garner exposure and on the basketball scene. You know, we do have international scouts who are always looking for hidden gems overseas and we're seeing an influx of a lot of European players and international players in the NBA. So joining your national team, playing well, getting as much exposure as possible and then in cases where you aren't able to get drafted there are a ton of undrafted players in the NBA hiring an agent trying to get in on a summer league team try out for a G League team and work your way up to an NBA roster would kind of be my advice for people who aspire to play in the NBA thank you so actually I think I need to ask this what are your advice for women players girls who want to play in division one or double NBA or any top league Just working out on your game as much as possible. I think really the only reason why I was able to play in college was because I was able to work out every day, work on my shot, work on my dribbling. I think too much players focus on playing five on five where you really need to focus on harnessing a dominant skill and what are you able to bring to a team and you're not 
going to be able to bring any skill set to a team without working on it. With women's basketball, there's also just a smaller pool of athletes that colleges can choose from. So if you're able to just commit five to six days a week, I'm going to work out for an hour, work on my shot, work on my dribbling, work on my passing. That'll put you steps ahead of a lot of other players who are just naturally gifted and who aren't putting that time in on their skills. Thank you. So based on your experience and knowledge, what advice would you offer to those who are new to coach or as spring to enter this profession? Um, I would just think the biggest thing is to study your craft, watch as much basketball as you can, break down film, collaborate with other like-minded coworkers. There's just a lot of things you can do to just study the game and figure out which concepts that you're most drawn to, ask questions, and then try to find your own solutions. And then I would also just say building relationships is key. You don't want to be working on all these things but have no one to collaborate with. Ask questions and you might want to find solutions on your own, but you also might want to ask someone who else has loved basketball and maybe they have an answer and you guys can go back and forth and find more commonalities together if that makes sense yeah thank you for your advice and uh, let us proceed to the final question as someone deeply involved in the world of basketball what elements do you believe are essentials or must in the game of basketball My three musts that I stole from my dad and who he's stolen from Coach Williams and who Coach Williams stole from Dean Smith would just be play hard, play smart, and play together. The best teams that we have are able to execute on all three of those musts. You have to play hard. You have to give it your all every single possession, but you also need to play smart. You can't be running out there like a chicken with your head cut off. You need to play smart. You need to have a game plan. You need to execute that game plan. And then finally, you need to play together. You need to share the ball. You need to get everybody involved you have to be a unit and you have to be a team so those are my three musts i think we're seeing it now in the nba finals i'm sure we're seeing it in the euro league finals right now the best teams are really good at those three musts yeah thank you for joining me and all of your answers to all, all of my questions thank you of course thank you for having me this was really fun yeah yeah it was really fun and thank you and to see you soon in real too see you thank you for all yeah thank you again I'll see hope to see you soon In this episode, we are with Eddie Walters. Thank you for your time. I hope you enjoy. See you in next episode. Bye-bye.